Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 326. We have some opinions. As always. We we'll definitely time, let you know how we feel. They're very strong. I can't believe how strong Lince's <laughs> opinions were. I was being nice and docile <laughs> well, over here. That's what was happening. Yes. Actually, this is a really this is gonna be a really great episode because for once Tony and I actually disagree on the the way a comic book went and it we have a nice little debate about it, I think. Yeah, and then we also agreed on another yes. great book that was <laughs> yes. good. So we, we talked about uh Batman number fifty. Yes. Talked about Catwoman number one. Yep. And then Shield number six. Shield as a whole, really. Yeah. And that is it just something to behold yes. as as well. For sure. Um we got into some movie magic numbers as well as some books coming out from both Image and DC. The, some sad news out of the comic book community this week that we covered. Yep, so with that, sit back, uh, grab your best bat beverage, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 326, Now We Bat Riot. watched it the other night it holds up yeah but also think about back in the day these pg movies oh yeah the show boobs right so you know pg-13 is a newer concept i know and even then it's it's i kind of go like going back to the day of just the simplistic pg kids can see it yeah I guess so. Then again, now that I'm saying that boobs in it, maybe not so much. Right. Yeah. But yeah. at least they weren't R. Where now, like R is sometimes okay. Well, fuck. I'm just gonna shut up. Maybe it, <laughs> what I it grew up, what I grew it. up with, I feel like I could handle that sort of stuff. Yeah. It really depends on the kids and the parents, honestly. Yeah, I was talking to my brother about when his kids can finally watch Aliens, because once we. Once they were told that they couldn't watch it, they're like, I want to watch Aliens. Yeah, Aliens, Aliens. Yeah, like Venom, Aliens. Well, <laughs> the movie Aliens is not like Venom, kids. And no. Especially the cartoons that you've watched. So Matt goes, eh, when they're 10, like what we were. I go, yes. He goes, Jess will never know that. And that is a joke, kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I don't know why. I... I was like, was that going somewhere? No, it oh. really wasn't. It was just not related to anything we're going to talk about today. No. I oh, guess I, I could do an easy cut and just forget this last two minutes of oh, talking. That's a good way to to start the show with was... randomness. Yeah, randomness. It seems to be our MO, right? <laughs> uh, So a little less randomness. I did go see Ant-Man and Wasp. Yes. It was good. I heard. Um, to give it away, uh, the heroes win, or do they? Oh. Yeah, that's as <laughs> ominous as a thing as I can say. Uh, once again, Marvel bringing a villain that you can kind of relate to, that you're kind of like, well, shit, that, I don't know if that's really a villain. Like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, it, it was really good, really funny. 
Uh, a lot of good laughs in the theater. Good. A lot of WTF moments. Um, but uh, it's also doing hella well as well. As well. Hella well? I was going to say hella good. That's but... good because I feel like the Ant-Man series has been the less, the least popular of all the series. Yes. And they've, uh, like the first uh, one came out and debuted at $57 million. This one is at $83.7 million. And kind of throwing it up there, the new Star Star Wars movie came out at eighty four million. So this is kind of right behind yeah. a beloved franchise. Yeah, um, they, but the solo movie is did well. There's the many, bad, which like <laughs> I, I, we Wars said, movie. we don't know why because it was right. actually kind of good. However, though, this is. Good news for Marvel. Well, Marvel can do no wrong. I was like, do they, do we even care if they have one that doesn't do okay? Like, yeah. it still it matters to their storyline. That's their, all that matters. Even their ones that don't do okay still do okay. Yeah. Enough to where they're like, that made us some money. Um, but yeah, and it the overall story of what's going on, and you can definitely see the overall story within it, and that's all I'm really going to say. Good, because I haven't seen it yet. Nah. However... <laughs> Uh, back in the day, Marvel, um, when it was sent out to other studios before Disney came back and bought it, um, there were, uh, purchased at the time, um, by New World Communications Group, uh, purchased the Marvel umbrella. Um, Stanley was trying to get movies made even back in the 70s. Yes. Um, this, this company did one movie of Marvel, which was a Punisher movie, which didn't even have, like, the Punisher skull. Is that the one with Dolph Lundgren in it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, most people are like, that's not a real Punisher movie, but this, these people had this property. Right. And they have to make movies within a certain time period or else they lose the rights. Yes. And they, back in the 80s, were planning on making, actually, an Ant-Man movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, They were trying to find wacky concepts, stuff that you could do, because they were a smaller publishing uh, house, which is partly why they went under anyways and it came back. But they had things starting in development and everything, but with cash flow issues, uh, we had the other movie called Teeny Weenies, a.k.a. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, come out. I was just going to say, did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids steal their thunder? Kind of. <laughs> when they pushed to market, they then kind of were like, well, crap. Now we're the second one coming out, and we know how there's always kind of two movies in development at the same time because either people talk or anything. Right. But that was one of the reasons why we didn't have an Ant-Man back then in the day. Because ah. no one then wanted to give them money when they're like, well, they've already made this movie. Yeah. Two completely different concepts, although Honey, I Shrunk the Kids did have ant, an ant in it. Yeah, auntie. Yeah. And that giant oatmeal cream pie. Oh, my God. When I watched that movie as a kid, there was nothing I wanted more than a giant, giant fucking oatmeal yeah. cream pie. <laughs> And being fucking terrified of scorpions oh, yeah. and scorpions Ugh. in the backyard. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I was always worried about scorpions in my backyard until I learned that they're actually just down south yes. and everything. Yes. But fuck that thing. No shit. <laughs> Poor Auntie Dying. I know. It's so sad. Uh, I will say, at least, uh, there are many ant puns within this one, which are cringe-worthy, but so great. Yeah. Because Paul Rudd delivering he them. is the best at delivering those dad jokes in a way that you're like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Whereas most of the time you'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, that was a good thing this week. Uh, let's get into some shittiness. 
with some book reviews. Oh, okay. We'll get into some like, other news later. I feel like you hated this book way more than I did. Uh, I feel like you were on cocaine when reading this, because how do you not hate it? I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I was not surprised by the ending. All right, so uh, Batman number 50 came out this week. The wedding issue. Now, let's go back first to a week ago on a Sunday when the New York Times spoiled the whole fucking issue. Right. And it has also been brought up since then with the writer who, I, I, a lot of, a lot of my hatred is going to kind of go towards Tom King, but a more majority of my hatred partially also goes to New York Times for ruining it for me. But then again, I would have been pissed anyways. Right. But to mainly DC and Warner Brothers, who I fucking hate with a passion for ruining movies, ruining comic books, ruining everything because they don't fucking know what they're doing. So, let's go to the article first before we even get into this. All right. And the way that it came about, and there's even readers that have been saying, why do comic books always get ruined when movie reviews have, you know, the major plot points uh, taken out? And they said with this one in particular, but they still brought up other ones that they kind of were skirting the issue. They fucking ruin books all the time. We've talked about that, like when... Robin was killed before, when Professor Xavier was killed, a lot of deaths usually. Mm-hmm. When they get comic book stuff, they kind of just ruin it. And not only ruin it, they put it in the headline. Do they not think that the same people who read comic books read the New York Times? Do they think there's a disconnect between uh, those two audiences? Yeah, do they not think that there's an internet that right. someone reads it, and then that gets posted on a blog, right. and then people know because they were given preference to know the story right in this particular instance it was dc who came to them and said hey we want to do this in the vows section we want you to put like a little blurb uh you know in the wedding thing oh like in the wedding announcements or whatever yeah would have been fine fuck you dc because it didn't happen which we'll get to that later so why the fuck are you putting in the vows section and this is where the disconnect comes uh, the the writer of this article felt that if they're not actually getting married, why would we put it in that section? Mm. So we put it in another section. I think it's the Vogue and Style or something, another section. But within that, knowing that, felt that the need to um, share then that piece and that reasoning of why it wasn't in ah. the vows section. However, they also were dumb and didn't think of, they were they weren't under any embargo. Normally, some are, and then you can't. Right. He just was given the script, given it, and said, "Hey, can you put this in here?" And then they changed their mind on where they want to put it, and they felt that they needed to explain why. Yeah, I feel like, but they put it in the title, which was still wrong. They are learning, but the damage was already well, done. And I feel like the decision not to put it in the vows section fine like why did you have to explain that to us we didn't know that it was supposed to be in the vows section why wouldn't you just need to explain that to dc who are the ones who asked (laughs) you to do it you don't need to tell us why you changed your mind we don't fucking care yeah (laughs) not at all zero percent do i care where you put this in your fucking newspaper (laughs) yeah just don't put it in at all yeah but then again this is another strike against uh DC and fuck them for all their meddling. Right. Uh, so let's then go to actual the day before, and we have Tom King trying to do some damage control on Twitter. You know, 
Batman number 50 is not the end. This is a 100-issue story documenting and celebrating the love of Batman and Catwoman. What happens, whatever anyone says, nothing's going to spoil that. So, you have him kind of trying to say... say... I'm sorry, did he say 100-issue story? Yeah. So, and this is 50. Yeah. Ah. And they've been going out at double speed, so we're going to see within the next two years. Because about a year ago, I feel like it was even a little bit longer than that, it was issue number 26 where the proposal happened. Right. That's honestly where I started reading this. I was pulled in by this romance. Right. Having seen something actually blossom in, holy shit, change yeah. within the Bat mythos. Right. So, even before getting to this, the outrage, not only with fans that feel they've been shat on, but local comic book stores, because they had to pre-order certain amounts to get certain variants, mm-hmm. because this is going to be a phenomenal issue. Everyone's going to want to get a copy of it, Yeah, and you didn't fucking deliver on the shit that you said was going to happen. Right. Well, to be fair, <laughs> nobody said that there was going to be a wedding. Uh, yeah, Tom we- King was on Seth Meyers, <laughs> and when asked if they were getting married, he said yes. They said yes multiple times. Okay, all right. They said yes, they're going to get married in issue 50? Or Yo. just in general? Oh, so what we're, <laughs> what we're going to now is some, you know, wordplay here where within the 100 run, well, guess what? If they are going to get married at some point, don't fucking dick around with us and tell us this is going to happen. Right. Don't make this many variant covers to say this is going to happen. Don't do the one thing that we knew. If they didn't make so big of a uh, thing of this, sure. if this was just issue number 50 and they kind of like, hey, it's our 50th issue, so they'll put a little bit extra thing out there, then it would be make a little bit more sense of, oh, this is also just part of the story and we'll right. see where it goes. When they fucking made up terms like batrimony, <laughs> when they have a fucking Spotify playlist yes. for this, when they have all these tie-ins so. to this, this book, and we're not even at this fucking issue yet. All these things that yeah. are culminating to this point to then have the chick decide for him. That's a whole other issue within the book. But I just want to say people were pissed beforehand. And it's looking like there's not really a return policy on this shit. I know a lot of people that are dropping the book. Yeah. I'm going to be one of them. Okay. I'm going to come at this from a different perspective. So I still have lots more rage behind you. I know you do. And I'm gonna and I'm going to this is so we're gonna this is great because this is definitely a lot of times we agree on the way a book goes. Like we totally agreed on the kitty Which usually makes you then correct, but on this time you're not. <laughs> well, so listen, so there's all this build up, right, to the wedding. And and then we're let down. Which happens a lot of times at weddings. You no, a lot listen, of times when people get married. But listen, if you're doing, if you're doing, this is a trope that's used all the time in Hollywood. So if you're doing a runaway bride issue or movie or whatever, like you have to advertise it as if this is actually going to happen because the impact of her leaving is minimal if you don't build it up. If you don't, if you already don't think there's going to be a wedding, the fact that she decides not to do it doesn't matter. The difference is the people that have been reading this have been reading this would get that satisfaction. When you push it this big, you're trying to get new readers to come in to see the wedding. People that bought the book specifically to see the wedding. If they pick this up and go, what the fuck was this horse shit? 
they're going to be like, what the fuck is horseshit? And then are you going to ever believe that they're actually going to get married again? And I think Tom King wrote this beautifully into the book. I think he explained it in her letter perfectly on why she made it. And in fact... This in, was a pinup book. In fact, in fact, when we first found out they were getting married, we had this exact discussion. And the discussion was, can Batman be happy? Is he allowed to be happy? Will he still be Batman if he is happy? And that's the exact yes. mind frame that she was forced into by villains, might I add, to plant that seed of doubt in her head, thinking, if I... Because Booster already showed her what the world was like when Batman was happy, when Bruce was happy, right? It was a uh, shithole. He showed the readers. He didn't yeah. show but, her. Right. But what would make her then all of a sudden think, I'm going to decide for Bruce? It was her friend, Holly. Is that her name? Literally, that one phrase that the minute she said it to her. Let me find the page. The minute she said it to her, I was like, oh, this shit is But she happening. said it to her, yet she already had the note wrote, written. No, she didn't. She said in the car she hadn't finished it yet. Yeah, so then how does he get the note? She left it on his... In the Batcave. Yeah, so... Yeah. So, it was when you're clear, reading it this... It was clearly after she had left, right? She Before she... It was after she had already bailed. Oh, when clearly? Because I wasn't too when clear she, on when <laughs> this happened. When she left the note. Can I say why I'm not too clear when this happened? Sure. Because in number 49, when we saw her bleeding out with the Joker, also with his uh, neck slashed, a day before the wedding. Uh, oh, she looks pretty fine. As well yeah. as at the last page with the Joker just walking around pretty fine with no neck slash. What the fuck happened to continuity? Right. When does this happen? When does this take place? Yeah. What were those other issues about then? The Jack shit? Right. So, here, let me find the page. Let me okay. Let me read you exactly what she says. And You mean from all those pictures which were... Okay, those were kind of pretty beautiful. I liked them, but it messed up with, I felt, the flow of the story. You had some of what was going on, and then a, right. oh, but your eyes, your eyes, blah, 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 which felt too cheesy and stupid. My suggestion to anyone reading this book is um, read the story separately from the pinup letters. Yeah. It's and much easier to read that way. It is disconcerting to have that. The It's like the every other page sort of thing. I fucking loved the pinups, though. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. Oh, I did not... The art in this was pretty good. Yeah. All right, I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. Um, it's insanity, isn't it, Selena? We've known him from the beginning. I just never... I don't know. I can't believe he's like this. He's never been like this. And Selena goes, like, what? And she goes, happy. He always seemed to need his misery, you know? Like, it was how he did what he did. And then Selena goes, what? And at that moment, I was like, oh, fuck, this blonde bitch just wrecked this for everybody. <laughs> but how? How? Because out of out of nothing that has shown within all these issues of people trying to break up the wedding, of everything else that has come between them, all of a sudden, some ditzy blonde yeah, goes, because oh, you've never thought of him needing to be brooding. Because girls are messed up. <laughs> I see that. In the head. Outside forces won't stop you. It's our own brains that get in the way, right? And then you start thinking, and then you start overthinking, and then you think about what the world was like What when, when Booster showed that the world was terrible when Bruce was a happy person and his parents didn't die and all this other stuff. And, and you know, 
that in her head this whole time that's what's going through her head. I can't he say I can't make Batman happy because then he won't be Batman anymore. Uh, can I quick pause one second and that is also the scene where Holly comes into Bruce Wayne's manor. Yeah. So she knows Selina is marrying Batman. Yeah. But does she also know that she's marrying Bruce Wayne? She knows that they're at I think Bruce they Wayne mentioned Manor. that they knew who he was for a while. Yeah. So when she shows up at the end, which we don't need to say spoiler warning because we've pretty much ruined the whole book anyways, yeah. she goes to Bane and the Cabal of bad guys. Does that not mean they fucking know that he's Bruce Wayne? Yeah, probably. I would imagine that most of them so do. So all of them do. <laughs> all of them know that he is Bruce Wayne. That is pretty fucked up, and if that's the truth, I will give Tom King one more chance to rectify this, but I know that's not going to happen, because he's going to be like, how would they know? Well, you have one fucking girl that just all of a sudden was set up as a pawn to go right. to this wedding, which it seems like this whole first 50 issues was all Bane's master plan to break the bat. Uh, okay. There's other ways you could do that without having to not have them get married. Right. And I don't know. there's he's, so many he's more. He's broken him physically before. And there's so many more things that. He hasn't done it emotionally yet. This is so stupid. Very stupid. What what does that do for character growth? Batman's then going to all of a sudden realize, wait, I want to be happy. We've seen that in the last year. Right. We've seen that he right. actually truly wants to be happy. What happened to the Super Friends one where they go on a date? Which, mind you, the best page is also that next page where it shows him talking about not his best man, but his witness. Yeah. Because part of this also was not oh, a huge, a yeah. huge build-up wedding. Oh, no. It, it was, was just a quick... Minute, like, quick, hey, let's do this now. Yeah. But yeah. You, don't, you don't think, though, all those other people were, like, wondering when they were going, like, what was this whole thing about an invitation for the Joker if there wasn't invitations for other people? Yeah. So we're going to say that this is kind of a last-minute thing. You already said your best man was Clark. And it was touching that he picked Alfred, but at the same point, didn't even call him best man. No, just his witness. witness. Yeah. So here's my biggest gripe, besides the whole continuity of Catwoman being shot, like, days before this happens. Right. We have... What we've known is Batman and Catwoman getting married. Why the fuck is it Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle up on that rooftop? Secondly, they need to get a judge to make it official. Although, officially marrying Catwoman and Batman isn't going to be official anyways. Right. So it doesn't That's matter if you have an official officiant Bruce or not. So get Robin or someone to do it. Uh, Thirdly, they say they need to get a drunk judge so that they'll forget it in the morning. What the fuck's the point of judge doing there anyways? If they're just going to be so drunk, they're going to forget that he married them. Let alone it doesn't matter anyways if they married him or not because it doesn't fucking count. What the fuck is up with that? Well, he signs the... He signs the thing. Which doesn't mean anything. So he could be drunk, sober, or whatever. But they need someone that was going to be so drunk they're going to forget about it. Why do you have him there? Have, like, the per one of his Justice League people read from the ordained <laughs> ministry of online, like everyone else can do in the world. It would have been better if Alfred was the officiant. Uh, it, it it didn't make any sense. That that was not Batman and Catwoman getting married. No, no it was Bruce and Selina. And that was always the biggest confusion for me, is whether it was Batman oh, and Oh, Cat that was the only confusion? No, I said that was always oh. the biggest confusion okay. for me. <laughs> 
is was it Batman marrying Catwoman or was it Bruce marrying Selena? Because that causes logistical problems. For no, them. they they had said that before. It was right. in the superhero community because Joker didn't come in saying, "Oh, you know, they right. know who Selena is, but they don't show really Selena with Bruce a lot." Right. It's always her and her cat suit. So they knew that she was marrying Batman. Right. Because the other way around would then prove who Batman really is. was. Right. But it doesn't matter because Holly could just tell Bane and the rest of the group. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Bruce Wayne if you didn't already know it. Right. Although you've been tracking me and knowing that I'm going to be picked to be, you know, the witness anyways so I can whisper this in her ear and dumb garbage. <laughs> I didn't. I, I I enjoyed it. I can understand why you're upset. There are many. And why there are many people who are outraged over a comic book that literally has no impact on their life whatsoever. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> but. Yes, I, it does. <laughs> there are many. Uh, so here's the thing that ticked me off, too, which then again, it makes it seem like I'm the, the one that. And the fans, the people that have spoke in their reviews are all negative. Yeah. It's funny that these uh, certain comic book places and reviews, they're all in the positives. Perfect tens. It was a love letter. It was this and that. Finding none of the flaws of the drunk judge, of this random right. manipulation, everything. None of that. It was just perfect. I find those people fucking... I will bullshit selling themselves out. Definitely not a perfect book. Um, the layout again is disconcerting. I would definitely say if you are going to read this, to go through and read them, read the letters. Oh, I do forget the. I forgot the. the it starts with kite, kite man. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which honestly is my favorite creation from um, Tom King. I really did like the it, like the letters, and it, I didn't realize you don't. I guess I didn't. Maybe that's just me not knowing what was going on. And I knew it was them talking to each other, but I didn't realize that it was the letters, like, basically, until you got to the end and you realized... Yeah, that I, I didn't letters. know either, and I was a little taken out yeah. by that, too. Yeah. The pinups were all amazing. They got the fucking top-of-the-top artists on this. I'm wondering if they were told how this book ends when they were asked to do these pinups. They probably were... No, they pro that's a lot of people to keep quiet. They right. probably just said make something of their love yeah. um, and staring at each other in the eyes. Yeah. Eyes being the key thing or something. Right. And it was, those were all great. I had a, I had a, definitely a couple favorites. Um, the, the choice to interlay the letter in between the actual story kind of takes you out of both of them. Um, I would have preferred to see the letters at the end or at the beginning. It doesn't matter. Um, I get that you want the pinup, you know, they put a lot of pinups at the end of a lot of books and a lot of times they get ignored, even though the artwork is usually really awesome. Um, but the fact that the letters were in the artwork would have, I think, made people read them, even if they were all grouped together at the end. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hate the way it ended. Like, I was always 50-50 in my mind whether they were going to get married or not, right? Because that's always the way they do it in a comic book. It's either going to be awesome and we're all going to be surprised it actually happens or it's going to not happen. I think the biggest problem with this one that most people are having is that it didn't happen and it wasn't because of an outside force. It was literally just because Selena was like, I can't do this. No, it was she She chose that and it, it for Batman. Right. And it wasn't, well, she chose it for Batman because she loves him and she thinks she's doing the right thing. 
God let forbid they fucking talk to yeah. each other. No, let's <laughs> just write a letter and then let's go on off right. to some other city yes. and yes. do so, my own thing. So it, it's interesting, the whole addition of adding like the cabal at the end where the villains are interfering with it and stuff like that is a weird thing to add to the end, I think. Like, I would have been fine if they were just like, Selena decided this on her own. Or because her friend's a bitch and said that one thing that hmm. made her change her mind. I don't know that I needed to have that, like, it's this villainous plot added to the end of it. I think it would have been better if they would not have done that, in my opinion. Because then it solely falls on Selena. Like, then it's solely her fault. And then people can hate her or love her depending on that. Instead, they make it like, oh, well, this is a plot. These villains are plotting against... This is just another way to break Batman. Using... His love instead of breaking his back. Because they, they knew he was going to propose, and then knowing that he proposed was going to set up everything in between. Yes. Which there was a lot of stuff in between yeah. uh, with going to that one world. Um, was when they. He was. Oh God, now I'm forgetting the guy's name, but the, he had to go, him and. Well, thank you, computer. <laughs> Yes, I had a bright idea at that moment. When him and uh, Wonder Woman went to that other realm and were there, stuck there, where it was only like a day in our time. Is it the Brave became and the Bold like, series? No, 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 no. That's They're going to Tirnanog and that. Oh. It was when they were fighting this endless war um, for this guy who has to do that all the time to save our world. And they went, because they owed him an hour. And the guy was taking longer than that to see his wife here on Earth. But every hour here was like 10 years there. So somehow it calculated that they were there for like a thousand years or something. A long mm. time. So somehow Bane had something to do with that? Because I doubt it. No, But yeah. even in then, when he could have cheated on Selena, and people thought, oh, this is going to be the moment, he's going to, you know, kiss kiss Diane. Diana, nope. Didn't happen. Right. Didn't happen at all. Yeah. Because he loves Selena so right. much. Right. You saw in that moment, that is what he wants. Right. Which makes this more heartbreaking. No, which makes us stupid. <laughs> but again, I think it would have been a better way to end it if it was just like Selena saying, I don't think that you can live without being Batman, and I think if we get married, you're not going to want to be Batman anymore. And I don't want to take that away from you. Like, if it would have just ended there, like, then everyone could just be mad at Selena. But instead, we have this whole new plot starting where it's Bane and his fucking super well, genius. But don't forget, because somehow within the next 50 issues... They will get married. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's push the shit out of that then. Because really, are they going to push the shit out of it a second time? The wedding that's really going to happen. I don't know. How if are people. I wouldn't be surprised if they just actually just throw it randomly into like issue 80. Like. You know they can't. It's fucking DC <laughs> Warner issue, Brothers. Issue 80 comes out. They and, are... and literally, it's just like they don't even show the wedding. They just come back the next issue and they're married. That would, to me, listen up, Tom King. That would be the best way to resolve this, right? Having pushed this so much, no one's going to buy into it a second time. If you're smart, you will, literally. Like, he goes to wherever the fuck so she's that, at. Where did she end up in Catwoman? What town was she in? Uh, I can't remember. Somewhere. I felt thought it was, like, New Orleans, but it yeah, was... Yeah, they gave you, like, the cops had... I can't remember the initials of the cops that were there. It was, like, DKPD or something like KT. that. KT. Yeah. Um, oh, VHPD. VH. What is, what city in D.C. has the initials VH? Yeah. I was like, Valhalla? 
<laughs> I don't think that's a place in DC. Um, you know, he shows up there. They have it out, and then the next issue, they're back in Gotham and they're married. Like to me, that's the only way to resolve this without pissing more people off. It's just to do it very low key and secretive. But why would they do that when they know that something like this could sell a million issues? So they would want to have everyone know who was actually going to buy this comic to buy it. Because if you did a slow thing like that, awesome. For the main fans that would pick up that book. And then when it got out or leaked in the Sunday beforehand, (laughs) so when they only printed X amount because people only ordered X amount because you know solicitations go out months in advance, it ain't going to happen like that. They're going to push it as big as they did this. Right. And why the fuck should we believe Tom King the liar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely not as mad as you about it. Again, I I thought there was a 50-50 chance this was going to happen. Speaking of Catwoman, oh, we also probably could tell that maybe Catwoman was going to be off on herself because let's start a new book right at the time. Yeah. To have her go on her own adventures. To be fair, I do love the cover of this book a whole lot because it's her holding the issue, number 50, and saying, don't read this until you read number 50 or else I'm going to spoil the fuck out of this. She doesn't say fuck because it's a comic book. but <laughs> I'm only going to briefly talk about this because it still infuriates me a bit. I wasn't a big fan of this either. I for... love the art in it. The art in this is oh, I actually did not really care for the art. Oh my god! Except for creepy, creepy old lady. Yeah, uh, is she a new character? Is she supposed to be somebody I know because I do not know who that is. I don't know who that is, but it's fucking gross she and is... disgusting. And <laughs> she's clearly a bad guy because she's very badly disfigured. <laughs> Looks like the Crypt Keeper's sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do. Uh, it feels like the same trope before, like. Oh, there's another Catwoman going around, and Selena, who just moved away and is just kind of doing her gambling and just having fun, being her. She's out of the game. I don't know if fun's the word I would use. She seems to be a little distraught. She hasn't slept. Okay, yeah, but. I don't know if I would use the word fun. (laughs) Well, she's not with Batman, so she's got to be having fun because (laughs) that would be misery if she was there. Uh,. But it's great when you see the beginning and you're like, oh shit, she's up to her old shenanigans and then killed someone. Like I'm like, kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Then to only find out that it's not her and there's many other Catwoman. Yeah. That was a great kind of reveal that only partially makes me want to read this. But then what sealed the deal of not fucking caring at all was a couple pages before where we see her get her suit. Oh, yeah. Because Alfred, Alfred sends it of, I thought you wanted your things. Like He actually, the note is kind of snarky that he sends, I thought. Because he was like, what did he say? I forwarded your belongings. I am sure they will be missed. Yeah. And then she, Oh, she got pissed and yeah. she cried. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you deserve it. Yeah. Because yeah. you suck. I'm pretty sure that this is the feeling they want you to have. Right? This rage that you guys have. Is not something that they're surprised at. I can guarantee you. Like, this is exactly the feeling they wanted all of you to have, is this rage. Because when they fix it, they're going to make you feel better. Except, did they make you guys so angry that you're not going to stick around to see it fixed? And that's the issue. They, they went too far. 
<laughs> exactly. They pushed it too far. <laughs> I really did like Catwoman, though. Again, I love the art in this. This is Joelle Jones doing the art. Um, and she wrote it, too. So, I, you didn't care for it. I liked it a lot. Um, the story was okay. The art in it, I thought, was the best part of it. <clears throat> Lots of cat women. That would be int- that's going to be an interesting thing to flesh out. Mm-hmm. Why are there so many cat women? Who is this old fucking lady? Yeah. You, you know, she hired all these cat women for something. The cat woman that killed somebody, that was not part of the plan. They didn't want her to kill them. Yep. So what's going on? What, what are they trying to do? So that, that, you know, I don't know that I'll keep reading the book. I don't know if I care so much that I need to know what's going on because I can Google it after they come out. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know that it drew me in enough to keep reading it. Again, with the Batman. I never read, I didn't read, I wasn't reading the ongoing Batman. So that's, so that's why you also, don't care as that much. Can, that could also be why I'm not so outraged, right? I didn't get invested in the story. I also partially knew that this was going to happen. And, you know, I get why she did it, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I just, it's so funny to watch you guys get so angry about this. These fictional characters <laughs> and their marriage. And it's hilarious um, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Colossus and Kitty didn't get married. And it's, she left too. What the fuck are these comic book writers doing to women, right? They're just making us look like a bunch of people who plan these elaborate weddings and then they're just like, no, I changed my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I don't, I can't, I can't do it. You, classes, I can't because, you know, I don't know why. I just can't. And uh, Batman, sorry, if I make you happy, then you just won't be Batman anymore. So I just did. Sorry. (laughs) They could have explored that. Yeah. It would have been better if this had been not hyped, not hyped or drawn out more. Like they didn't need to do the whole thing in one issue, right? You could have had them prepping for the wedding. Like if they were going to do it like an actual wedding, like is the impression they gave everybody, like it was going to be a wedding, it was going to be a Justice League wedding, right? It was going to be this big superhero wedding and that's not what it was at all. Yeah. They made readers pick up five separate books. Right. Right, and then none of those people were involved. And it didn't fucking matter in those books either. <laughs> right. and... So, that I think is probably more the cause of the disappointment than the way the book ended, is that it just, it wasn't anything like they were selling. Yeah. Like, they... if it would have been this giant Justice League wedding, and she still pulled the same shit, it almost would have been worth it, because then you could see how Superman reacted to it, and then you could see how Wonder Woman reacted to it, and all these superheroes, mm-hmm. and the villains, and all this stuff. But that's not the way they played it out. It's almost as if you should take your time to write. Like, whether <laughs> whether it's a, a monthly issue or multiple years, take your time to make sure that your baby is what you want right. it to be. Right. Jonathan yeah. Hickman sure as hell has done that. <laughs> now this He is notorious for that. This is a book that came out, I believe, two weeks ago. I've been waiting to talk about it for years. Uh, when it originally debuted in 2015, uh, it is S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it was 2012, wasn't it? That's when the original um, first uh, issues of the first series, I think this series then also came out in 2015. No, actually, I think you might be right. Mm, I don't know, because there were six issues in the first series that I think that ended 2013, 
And then maybe it was 2014? Issue 1 of this came out in 2011. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Then never mind. Uh... There's a there's an ad. It's so funny reading, actually, before you get any further. It's so funny reading this series and having, having it prolonged before we even say what the series is. Um, if you know what Jonathan Hickman was working on, then you know. But, like, just the ads that you get in the first couple... And then you skip to the newer ones, and you're like, there is such a spam in these ads, even. <laughs> it's like, what they're advertising. Yeah, and actually, number four came out in 2012. So, yes, it has been, for the last two issues, yep. over six years. There's ads for fear itself in here. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I knew I was what I was, because you gave me all these to read. And when I was reading it, I got to this ad for fear itself, and I was like, oh, this is very old. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, this is a book that really I feel like you should have read the first uh, chapter, the first uh, six issues. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't know where those were in this uh, room of many stack boxes. However, I will get you those so you can kind of understand a little bit more of the story, but those kind of just set up some of the key players. The overall of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that there's always been S.H.I.E.L.D., there's been this idea, and they've always been there even when we didn't know they've been there. So this was a book that was kind of showing some retconning of the Marvel mythos, which I thought was amazing. And if you ever read anything Jonathan Hickman, you kind of need to read Jonathan Hickman twice yeah, to understand that's it. that's fucking true. <laughs> uh, even I had to reread the issues, even though I kind of remembered some of it, to get caught back up when number five came out. Now, we're going to... Number six is pretty much an epilogue to the overall story. All the action took place in number five. And number five had an amazing way that it went through the story. Oh. It went through, as I opened the comic book from, from the plastic, and it was pretty much three stories. Yeah. Like, throughout the entire thing of saying what could have been, what will be, and what would then be i don't know it, it was to three... me it was like uh kind of like that except it was a good outcome an okay outcome and a bad outcome yep. because this was all coming up to where um we had uh uh newton um strategic newton who was kind of the the bad guy within this feeling that he saw this world at the end that he was kind of in charge of and that the world blew up and it was dystopia and everything and that was a future because he believed that everything was set in stone we have michelangelo who believes in free will who believes that there are choices and there are many uh possibilities right. and throughout this there's introductions of many other people um such as uh um we have tesla we have uh these uh people called the last caliphate um, we have Nathaniel Richards. We have Howard Stark. I loved them in this book. That was my... I like how they... Without them, this is just a story, a fantasy story about people from history, right? Mm -hmm. They have Nostradamus, too, who yeah. sees things, so knows that that's how things are going to be. Right. You had the, you had the, the fathers of, of, you know, the... What's his name? Uh, Tony Stark and... Why can't I fucking think of his name? The guy from Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, Reed? Yes, thank you. <laughs> you had their fathers in there, and it totally just ties it right into the Marvel Universe. 
Oh, for sure. And in the way that this uh, goes about, there are those many things. Uh, Leonid, who is the main character within this, uh, pretty much takes a, for the forever machine or the human machine and comes up with how he put all possibilities down into one thing and asked the two people at both ends of this war, would you like to see all the possibilities as well as a world where there is no possibilities, would that satisfy you guys to stop fighting over? Um, there's a lot of philosophical things within this. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, free will being one of them. We also have to look at it's Marvel. And with Marvel, there's some key uh, celestial being type creatures that may be called celestials <laughs> that are always there at the center of a lot of uh, huge uh, endeavors within the Marvel Universe. So much so that time travel seems to be a bit of this when he folds time back in of itself to reiterate what happened within the first series. The artwork by Dustin Weaver is so fucking right. amazing. Right, and this artwork is key because the reason why there's a huge gap between 4 and 5 is because Dustin got sick and couldn't work on the book. And instead of replacing him, Jonathan Hickman was just like, oh, no, I'll just finish that when you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And you have to. There's no way you could have had anybody else artistically finish this. Book. No, I, I don't think. This was a shared vision. People always say, you know, Al Tross is the best, you know, artist and his shit is amazing. But I would say Dustin Weaver is just up there with what he has done within these stories the layouts, which I know some of it had to have been Hickman's writing, but like I said, in issue number five, when you have the same story playing, but there's a little bit, couple different word balloons, but you have some people who are drawn in between the panels, mm -hmm. but in the same story of those panels, it, it's, it's something that you really need to physically pick up right. to see how well... Issue five is essentially three separate comic books. Like, they had to write three different stories. Kind of the same story, different outcomes, different things happen in the story. So you had to write that. Then you had to draw that. Like, drawing it was the key part. Because even though the stories were similar, where they were at, the backgrounds, what happens to what characters, a little bit different in each one. So he had to basically draw three different comic books for that issue, which is impressive. I mean, he had six years to work on it. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite pages within issue number six is when he's going about, um, all life, uh, began random chaotic. And then sometimes things were either by natural stimuli or, you know, unnatural. Um, some becoming more, some under the watchful eye of evolutionary betters, which were the celestials. Mm -hmm. Uh, we then get, or the ones that were, um, some that look like gods that were wielding magic. Um, we have some out of science, which are the Kree. Um, then some other ones that just, you know, came about, like, pretty much evolving into regular humans, looking at one of the celestials. And then there's even one, you know, some of them that grabbed by their hands, which clearly showed kind of a mutant. Like, in the world of uh, Earth, within the Marvel Universe, there's Eternals. There are the um, Inhumans. There are humans, and then there's Homo Superior. And I think Homo Inhumanus is what they call So pretty much four subsets right. of the Marvel back in the days. 
became about because of some other experimentation, which is cool, and most people don't know that. I mean, they know that the X-Men are a branch off of humans, right. but not knowing... And that's actually even more recently, to tell you the truth, so it wasn't really back in the day, although they kind of retconned that to show that there were mutants. But uh, Jonathan Hickman pulling a lot of shit, mm-hmm. throwing it together and having it make sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, makes sense a couple reads through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you read a second time. Uh, it, it's, it's very well done. I love that the very end is uh, Howard Stark writing a letter to his son about, you know, to see things clearly, to always, you know, look at that and to, to remember that, you know, thing everything begins with an idea. Everything begins with an image. Um, when you have that, you build. And Tony Stark being one of the founders of the Avengers, yeah. it kind of shows how this plays into that book as well as the whole Mar- Marvel mythos there's there's a lot of stuff that I feel could come out of this, but this was self-contained. This was an ending to this story. Yes. The biggest part was leaving uh, Sir Isaac Newton in his own kind of world. It um, was post-apocalyptic, the world has ended world, which he always yep, he, yep, and it's he, wanted. The one that he thought yeah was yeah. going to happen. And it kind of shows the birth of the, the multiverse as well. And is this truly the birth of the multiverse when uh, Leonid goes back through and does all this and sees all the possibilities and says that there are, yeah. is he the catalyst for that? Or if when this was coming out prior to Secret Wars 2, would this have been part of going into when uh, the cataclysm happened and all the worlds were colliding? Was this meant to be part of that as well? Don't know. But it doesn't have to be. It could be told now. It could be told 20 years from now. Right. It's just a good story. It is. But we do see them coming out in a now. And I'm not going to lie, and I forget which book it is. I have seen Michelangelo in a book. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a S.H.I.E.L.D. book or something. What's his, what's his name that he goes by? The Forever Man? Yeah. Yeah. I think that The Forever Man's popped up in a couple of different books. Yeah, and I think it's... Because I think his character within Marvel has always been a, he's a builder and he's, I think, can live for forever. Um, But I like that these other key players are also within the now, if this is the now, Mm because they say now, but they don't say which world. I hope that there is some more building off this. I hope that this is a, an idea that can be built upon. I really liked it. I mean, it's hard to, like, besides the kind of giving away what happens at the end, like, you have to read this book. We we gave away kind of how it ends by reviewing it, but honestly, like, it's hard to completely explain this series. It's so intricate and involved, each issue, and there's so much involved in it, like, art-wise, and the way they intertwine history and art and knowledge and just all this stuff into a ball to explain fucking something that happened in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> like, really, you nobody has to spend that much time in a comic book. He could have spent half the time writing this book, and we probably would have loved it just as much. Maybe a little bit less. But, like, I like that Jonathan Hickman never writes down to anybody. Like, you... 
you have to read this a couple times to really fully understand what's going on. It's so not even all over the place. It's just so finely detailed that if you miss anything, you're going to be confused about what's going on. And I kind of like that in a book. Uh, my question for you is this kid, Le Leonid or whatever yep. his name is, is he Eternity? Because he kind of looks like Eternity when he gets to the end there with the cosmos. He's all black. So that's what I don't know what he is now yeah. and what he, he I mean, like it's because of the machine. Looks like a baby Eternity to me. I doubt that he's going to go within to like the, those Supreme Godlikes, but who knows? I mean, right now it doesn't seem like that's where he ended up at because yeah. he's on Earth. But maybe that's a future story from these people that you could see then him being part of the right. everlasting Marvel gods and, right. and everything of it. Um, I will say for people that want to get issue number six, um, we haven't done this in forever, but uh, if you open up the Marvel comic books app that you can get from either the Play Store or the App Store, um, you can put in this code and the first one gets a free digital... A copy of this issue. We have a five, too. Oh, there was a five. I was looking for that page in there. Lower uh, right corner. We're going to go backwards with issue number six because I have it already set. FCM8I12PAM6M. All right. For issue five... You know what? No, because then the same person... Well, yeah. Who cares if the same person gets it? Yeah. I mean, it's... Why would you get five and then not six? Yeah. So first come, first serve to both of these codes. Uh, number five is FCMJ6T6XVYVX. I'm sorry, YVK. Ooh, tricking them. <laughs> again, I'm going to say that again because I fucked it up. FCMJ6T6XVYVK. Although I will say... Uh, Number five, a lot easier to read in your hand. Reading yes. it digitally uh, was a little bit uh, hard, especially. I I think I might have briefly mentioned reading it a little bit forwards one way, just reading one story, but realizing you're missing it if you don't yeah. add it with some of the other ones. Yeah. So you have to read it as a whole. But then you're kind of like, wow, what's going on? And you have to reread it. Right. Multiple times. And because they drew it like it's three separate comic books, they're not they're not minimizing what's going on in each panel so that your eye isn't confused. They're literally, it's full action in each one. So if you have a hard time paying attention when there's a lot of action going on in a page, you're going to have a little bit of a hard time reading this book, but it's totally worth it. Okay, so that was awesome. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll go awesome, not awesome, awesome, not awesome. Sure. Uh, so not awesome. Uh, comic book legend Steve Ditko has passed away. Yes. He's 90 years old. 90. That is a good ripe old age. It is. It's just kind of sad, though, that, uh, you know, he was, uh... Founding father, pretty much. I mean, not really, but pretty much. Oh, yeah, he, he, uh, cre helped create, uh, many iconic characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone gives... Uh, you know, Stan Lee or Kirby, because they are the two godfathers, but there were other artists at the time that gave way to visions and how you'd say whose idea was at first or whatnot. Um, really, though, Ditko 
was a, a big part within Spider-Man yes. and Doctor Strange. Like, he was doing acid before acid was cool. <laughs> and a lot of people talk about Kirby-esque within, like, the Doctor Strange stuff. But Ditko was the one that really started with some of the psychedelic right. um, stuff within there. He uh, also, you know, worked at DC, um, created The Question. Uh, yeah. Which it wasn't for The Question and some of the other uh, characters... Um, we may not have the Watchmen. Yeah, we definitely would not have a Watchmen if yeah. it weren't for the question. So, um, yeah. Uh, Super sad. Super yeah. sad. He um, he actually died on June 29th, which was a couple days before everyone found out about it. So they were keeping it, which is nice. They let the family right, do their thing right before it went huge. Because, I mean, it is a big deal. If you go on the internet now and you Google comic books and you look at the news, it's five full pages of things about Steve Ditko. You know, people's reactions, people's stories about how they influenced their life. He influenced their lives and their art and, you know, what him helping create Spider-Man meant to them and what him helping create Doctor Strange meant to them and how he changed the industry and how he helped create the Marvel way of doing art where the writers are like, here you go artist you help make this story too which was not a thing that they used to do before that they would you would as an artist you would get very detailed descriptions about what a writer wanted on the page and you would draw based on that and stan lee working with ditko was like well here's what i want to happen in the story and here is the words i'm going to put in the story everything else is up to you you're just as much an architect in this book as i am and he's actually, when they did Spider-Man, he didn't get credit for helping create the story at first. And eventually he was like, listen, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I helped create this character just as much as you did. And Stanley was like, yeah, that's fair. And so it helped him, I think him saying that to Stan and them creating this Marvel way of doing art helped bring artists as more than just people who are making the pictures for the book, right? They're, they're an important part to all the stories nowadays. Like, we shield. We couldn't have an, such an impactful story if it weren't for the artist on this book. So, definitely a huge impact to comic books and the way that things are done. Alright, so keeping with the good news then, something that I'm personally happy about... Um, at the legendary um, pictures announced that the anime expo that they are going to be making a mobile suit Gundam movie live action Yay. and we haven't really gotten one of these that's been there's been a couple of attempts at uh, live action anime or yeah. just this well franchise? at this uh, franchise okay. and I think with how well the Pacific Rim robots have looked like we have that sort of rendering sure that what you didn't think they looked good? No, I think oh, they did look good. That we can have some full flesh Gundams sure. fighting. One would hope. I love giant robots. You know that. My concern. I don't know this franchise. It's not one that I have ever gotten into. Uh, anytime they take an anime and try to make live action out of it, though, it's never worked. Never. <laughs> I can't think of a single yeah. time where it has worked. Uh, Not like, a single time. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist on Netflix. I mean, it was, was originally a, a that was Japanese. Not great. That was not a great movie. Do you, do you think that was a great movie? No, it was good. It was all right. It wasn't terrible. I mean, granted, okay, yes, a lot of the other stuff is 
fucking terrible. Yes. The Attack on Titan movie was a steaming pile of trash. Yes. Uh, so was Very Death Note. Death Note was yes. just horrid. Yes. And that was made to be an American movie because the, the um, Full Metal uh, Alchemist, that one is Japanese made. Right. Uh, which, yeah, it, hmm, I don't know because it is their stuff. Right. So they should have their actors. I don't want to culture appropriate, but at no. the same point, do you have the right actors to fit right. the roles? Yeah. And even then, don't make it a piece of shit. Well, and here's the problem, too. Our expectations from our actors and our movies are completely different than what they expect out of their actors and their movies. I think a lot of times they're very over the top in their the way they view their media. Cartoons, anime, books, fucking clothing. Everything in Japan is over the top when it comes to medium. So that's the way they also do their movies. I don't know if you watched the Batman Samurai anime that came out. Or Batman Ninja. Ninja Batman. Did you watch that one? Oh shit, I forgot about that. That came out. That It was good. It Have you watched it? over the top though. Okay. Completely over well, the top. I'm not going into it looking like <laughs> this is going to be something that is going to be like Oscar worthy. No, yeah. So when you watch the stuff, even with the Full Metal Alchemist, right? Um, uh, Al, right? Is that the the main guy's name? The one that's not in the suit. The kid. Oh, the, the, the two brothers in Full yeah. Metal Alchemist. Yep. The one that's not. Ed, Edward is the one not in, um, okay. and Al is in the. Both. I actually liked Al. I thought they did a very good job with that cost with that CGI, or I don't know if it was actual costuming or what. That was amazing. Uh, Edward, that character drove me fucking crazy in that movie, <laughs> and I don't, I didn't watch enough of the anime to know if that's how he also is in the anime. But it was not to me. It was not a fun time. <laughs> but you also have to kind of expect that from movies. I, I've watched a lot of Japanese movies, and even their horror is fucking over the top. So. He has different expectations from us on what should be done with that kind of stuff, which is unfair, but anyway. Right. That was a good fit. Yes, yeah, so that was a good one, uh, talking about Gundam. So, um, Maisie Williams has uh, posted on Twitter. Uh, she bids uh, farewell. Arya. Maisie Williams, Arya. Yeah, okay. to Game of Thrones. Oh. And... It's one of those things of, you know, it's uh, her shooting or whatever of it has come to an end. But what is interesting is it's just a picture of some sneakers with some blood on them. Obviously, they didn't really sneakers back in the day, but kind of putting some connotation in, in people's minds. But also, uh, when she says goodbye and stuff, it's a joy. Um, hashtag last woman standing. Hashtag barely. Oh. <laughs> so... Barely as oh my God. If she's last. If she's the last, she's gonna kill. What's her name? Daenerys. Nope. Oh, Cersei. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Uh. I would love to see her do it. But I, I'm kind of curious if, like, then do all the other ones meet their end? Well, yeah, it's probably. Um, gonna but happen. she says last woman standing. Barely meaning. Wait, does she technically die then? Right. Or she, or maybe barely. There is one other person, so technically almost the last one. Right. Uh, that was the very interesting way to announce, like, that's how you spoil, not spoil things. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because she kind of gave away something, but only in a way where you're like, oh my God, 800 things could happen. <laughs> 800 different scenarios have just popped into my mind from this. 
When does that come out? That's next year, right? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Oh. Um, so long. I don't know. That was kind of good, bad, too, but I don't know. Uh, I guess some, <laughs> some good, some more good, bad. Descender is coming to an end, or it has. It, the last issue comes out in August. Oh, it comes out in or, August? Or end of July. Yep. So we already know, though, that it will continue on. Yes. Which... We, we have Ascender. Yes. Uh, both Jeff Lemire and the artist uh, Dustin Aguin, um have talked that their new series, Ascender, will take 10 years after the conclusion of Descender, and all the robots will be disappeared, and magic will be returning, and that kind of gives spoilers a way of what's going to probably happen at it, the end. It's a little bit of a spoiler, and I was thinking, as, as our listeners know, I actually just talked about this series last week, and I caught up almost all the way to the end because the last issue hasn't come out yet and I was a little sad that it was ending because it's a very good book um the fact they they brought up the existence of magic not in the last issue I read but in a couple before that maybe the issue before that and it was kind of like a thing where you were like oh there's magic here that makes sense there's a lot of different worlds but then you know the series is ending so you're like I don't really need to focus on this <laughs> this is just a thing I know now. Um, the fact that they have announced or they said that all the robots are gone, if you if you're caught up on the series, is not a spoiler because something bad happens in the next to the last issue where you're kind of like, oh yeah, I knew that already. So <laughs> I'm very happy that this is going on though. Dustin Wynn's art is beautiful. I'm glad I get to see more of it. This will be definitely an interesting divergence going from completely robot focused well, also, I'm, I'm actually to I've wanted to re dive into this the story um, I feel like I'm gonna have to because I'm more curious of the switching right of that world and it's uh, I feel it's kind of like other people have done it but not in such a way that they've had a whole series and then about face like normally that's just the whole right premise of the first book and everything so right. Yeah, I'm interested mm, in that. So that's uh, some good news. Uh, I really can't keep this whole good news, bad news up. I personally did not like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. However, it's kicking ass at the box office. Uh, it made $304 uh, million domestically and $700 million overseas. It's kicking ass overseas. People love dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, they do. And this is one of the... Only out of uh, the top three that have passed one billion so far, that wasn't Marvel, Black Panther, and right. um, Infinity War was the other one that have made it this far. Uh, yeah. Chris Pratt really has just set himself up to be super famous and rich, hasn't he? <laughs> Pretty much so. Because he's involved in both of those franchises. <laughs> uh, the last uh, little tidbit of news that I have that I'm very looking forward to because it's kind of my type of book. Um, it's been announced September 18th and they're already taking pre-orders for DC's Anatomy of a Metahuman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a book that is kind of showing cross sections. It's one of those uh, like uh, handbooks of whatever yeah. DC or, or Marvel where explains things in layman's terms of the superpowers. Right. And it'll be really cool. Like, I know that picture that's going around right now is kind of uh, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, the Forever Man with, you know, the arms and legs mm -hmm. kind of 
uh, out, but it's Superman. So it'd be cool to see some of maybe the alien brains, yeah, like Martian Manhunter or something. Real technical with it. Like, or is it going to be... Well, this is supposed to be from... Yes, because it's supposed to be from the perspective and the files of Batman. Okay. So that's how this book was being made, was his stuff. So his stuff, I think, is pretty, pretty detailed. Technical. and I, And I like that. You know what would be cool is if... You know how in those encyclopedias, kids, if you don't know what encyclopedias are, before we had the internet, we had all these books <laughs> that you would look up a subject and they would tell you about it. It's kind of like old-ass Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Do you remember when you would go through, like, anat the anatomy one or whatever, and you would have the clear pages that would lay over mm -hmm. each other to give you, like, the skeletal system and then the nervous system and the organs? Yep. That would be fucking awesome if they did something like that in that book. Yeah, but I don't know if I need to see, like, the organs, unless they're, like, something that's not of human, though. Yeah. I think I would be very interested in seeing what the insides of Superman look like. Yeah, I'd like to see the inside of Wonder Woman. <laughs> Oh, look, her ovaries. <laughs> yeah. They are made of steel. <laughs> uh, let's go to Booze in a Book. Booze in a Book. Booze in a Book this week. Uh, we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number one. Um, Elvira, super popular in, in our community. Been an icon for horror for... Ages. So long. She's... I don't know. She's she old, transcends fucking beautiful. aging, though. Yeah. Um, comes up, Came out from Dynamite Entertainment. If you like Elvira, then definitely pick it up. We're pairing it this week with Porter from Founders. Um, it's a dark beer, so, you know, there's the tie-in right there. But this beer is actually described as rich, dark, and sexy, which I also think is how most people would describe Elvira. <laughs> so, you know... Get some rich, dark, and sexy comic book with your rich, dark, and sexy beer and just have a sexy time with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went off the rails just a little bit. All right. Well, with that, uh, stay thirsty for 50 more issues of disappointment. Oh, so bitter.